Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at TheHuddle.com with your host Steve Gallo and co-host Jake Richmond and Harley Schultz. Welcome back for our week 12 episode of the Blitz Podcast. And of course, my name is Steve Gallo. And as always, I'm joined by my trusty sidekick, partner in crime, Harley Schultz. Harley, how's it going, man? You know, this was kind of a weird week for me. I actually did very well at the DFS slate this week. However, my uh, redraft leagues and my season-long leagues, along with my uh, Empire and Dynasty leagues, all kind of took a hit this week, uh, both with injuries and also with just underperforming stars. I had a little bit of a, a little bit of both, quite honestly. But for the most part, I did pretty well in my dino leagues this week. And one of the big leagues that I'm in that I want to win, called um, the Flex League of Champions, I um, started out pretty bad behind the eight ball. Drafted Le'Veon Bell, you know, my first round pick. Adrian Peterson was my second round pick. Golden Tate was, I think, the fourth round. Josh Gordon, you know, that just smells like disaster, right? Oh and yeah. I finally worked my way back to five and five. I looked years past. Basically, if you can get to eight and five, you make the playoffs. So that means I got to run the table, right? Guess playoffs. Who, playoffs. Yeah. Guess. Guess who I have to face in the next three weeks? The number two, the number three, and the number four scoring, high scoring teams in the league. Well, you know, I've always been kind of one to think that you know, if you're a top scoring team, you should make the playoffs no matter what your league's rules are. I'm actually in a redraft league where. The league's top scorer, he's the top scorer by 45 points over me through 11 weeks. And he is sitting with just three wins. He's not going to make the playoffs based on standings. But because uh, that league doesn't have, it's kind of an antiquated league. They just go based on standings and head-to-head. Yeah. That uh, team's going to get shut out of the playoffs just due to bad luck. Well, more than likely, all three of these teams that I'm facing are going to make the playoffs. <clears throat> and... I'm probably not. I'm a long shot. They they all basically have said, "Up, oh, rest in peace, Mr. Gallo." But um, I had the most points scored this week so far and knocked off the first opponent. And I've got two more to go, so we'll see what happens. It'll be it'll be quite the feat if I can make the playoffs. Basically, my playoffs have started now. I've got a three week head start, so I'm gonna have a lot of practice at the playoffs if I make it. Um, I guess at this point, what we should do though is. Stop talking about me and playoffs and you and playoffs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what we should do is just throw it over to Harley for this week's Blitzed Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. AJ Green sustained a torn hamstring and Giovanni Bernard sustained a torn ACL this week as the Cincinnati Bengals watched 43% of their season's receiving targets vanish for the foreseeable future. Andy Dalton was seen following the game 
crying by his locker. When asked what was the matter, Dalton responded, you'd cry too if Brandon LaFell was your best wide receiver. <laughs> Jared Goff failed to produce a passing touchdown in his first start this past weekend. Shocking. Still, you'd have to consider it a slight success in that he didn't turn the ball over during the game. Plus, you could actually argue that he outperformed his opponent, Ryan Tannehill, in the low-scoring affair. So, as a journalist, I must wonder if Goff is actually NFL-ready or if Tannehill is still not NFL-ready. <laughs> the NFL set a new record with 12 missed extra points in Sunday's games. That is four more than were missed in the entire 2014 season. Some of that could be attributed to windy and rainy weather, but the primary reason was that the rest of the league's kickers staged a show of support for the recently cut Blair Walsh. We caught up with Mike Nugent, who missed two of those extra points following the Bengals game, and asked him about the league's kickers' solidarity with their dispatched associate. His response, I need to keep on Walsh's good side. I may need to borrow money from him after Cincinnati cuts me and signs him next week. <laughs> One of the Bears' top defenders, Jarrell Freeman, was suspended for four games after testing positive for performance-enhancing drugs. He joins offensive star Elshon Jeffrey, who was suspended last week also for taking an illegal substance. This raises the obvious question. With so many performance-enhancing drugs in that clubhouse, how come no one has offered any to someone that actually needs them? Like Jay Cutler. <laughs> and finally... Following his team's slaughtering of the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football, Kirk Cousins will lead the Redskins into battle on short rest against Dallas Thursday. What a great way for America to celebrate Thanksgiving by arguing about politics with our extended families before pigging out gluttonously on food and following that up by cheering on a battle between Cowboys and Indians. This has been your BPN News Update. Good job, Harley. Good job. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you started off with the injuries, and that's really the story of Week 12. I mean, it really is. Week 11 was pretty light. I think that everybody was like, wow, there's really no major injuries. Um, Lady Karma fixed that, though, didn't she? You know, you, you say the key word there, major. Previous weeks, we've had some minor injuries. We've had people go out for a game or two. This week... We had major injuries to major impact players that are going to have a major effect on how the season plays out. And, you know, I said karma. Karma is weird, and it's just weird how things work out. Now, I play exclusively for the most part. I guess I shouldn't say exclusively. It's for, it's for the most part, but I think you know what I mean. Outside of a few expert leagues, they're all dynasty IDP leagues. What I like about that is, is that we're not starting eight or ten players. You're starting a full complement. You're starting almost 20, 21 players in these leagues. So that when you do lose a player, you're not exactly screwed. I lost A.J. Green in one of those leagues. Guess who else I lost? LaShawn McCoy. And well, at least it sounds like McCoy will probably play this coming week. No, but here's the thing. I actually, as of tonight, and very good chance still will hold on to the highest score in the league this week. 
So sometimes you can overcome. That's what I like about those types of leagues because they give you more options and you're not so limited to having that stud quarterback or that stud wide receiver or stud running back. One person doesn't really dictate what happens to you. You have to have a complete team. You know that is important, the makeup of the rest of your roster because, again, otherwise you're, you're in the leagues, at least from a redraft standpoint, where you're trying to put together the best starting lineup. And your depth only matters if someone gets hurt now. Yeah. And earlier I was talking about that flex league. I just thought of something that I should share too. This is probably, this made people laugh going into the holidays and understand that they, they don't have it so bad possibly. Like I said, I'm five and five. That's quite an accomplishment in and of itself, right? I looked, the highest scoring player left on my team that I drafted was Mike Wallace. <laughs> that reminds me of some of the MFL 10s I entered this off season where uh, I believe that Danny Amendola is the only healthy receiver on one of their rosters. Yeah. So, well, you know, I think what we should do is we've got a whole bunch of Thursday games coming up, and there's a small DFS slate. We should talk about that, move into our normal DFS, and then we'll kind of round out with some Thanksgiving fantasy thanks type segment before we round out the show. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Uh, obviously, when you look at the Thursday slate, uh, people sometimes will forget about the fact that uh, Daily Fantasy doesn't take a day off because it's Thanksgiving. Now, the absolute sharks are still going to be all over these games, and it, it makes it even easier for them because there's fewer players to choose from, which means they don't have to put together 150 different lineups. They can put together maybe 40 or 50 lineups and still be uh, head and shoulders above the rest of the pack. But when you get a fewer number of players to choose from, that also makes it much, much easier for the recreational players to come on there and actually have a chance to compete. Plus, you know, some of those Sharks may be too busy spending holiday season time with their families, so they may not have as, have as many players in some of these tournaments, but you can still win a sizable chunk of change. Now, again, just three games on the slate for the Thanksgiving Day. The uh, first game we'll talk about a little bit is Washington at Dallas. I brought that up in the news. Uh, which players from uh, both sides of that uh, ball do you think will have good games this week? Actually, I think that if there's only one player that, well, quite honestly, this is a divisional game. Of course, it's a short week. Washington's kind of getting hosed a little bit. Not only is it a short week, but they had to play the Sunday night. They got flexed to the Sunday night game, To the Sunday night game, and they have to travel. So it's like, quite honestly, I'm expecting a low-scoring game. I don't think we're going to see a high-scoring game. I think Zeke's probably the only safe play. Of the bunch, quite honestly. Well, I'm leaning with you on Zeke there. I also like Jordan Reed a lot. Dallas has been fairly beat up by uh, opposing tight ends this year. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Washington gives up a lot of yards on the ground, too. You didn't see it on Sunday night because Green Bay can't run the football. Yeah. But in general, they've been pretty beat up by opposing running backs. Uh, on the Washington side, I mean, their, their passing game should have some success if Dallas' secondary is still shorthanded. I think that Jamison Crowder certainly becomes the, uh, the the key aspect of that offense going against Washington. And from the Dallas side, I think you have to give a little uh, cadence to Cole Beasley rather than Des Bryant, who very well could be shadowed by Josh Norman. And I would expect that, and I'll apologize to our listeners, we're fighting through some Skype issues, but that was Harley saying Des Bryant. Des Bryant sounded like... It sure did. Um, Is that in Klingon? See, 
and I, I want to like all those players. I just this game has a feeling of like a seventeen ten kind of game to me for some reason. Just so I can't get overly excited. I mean, there's one game on the slate though that I look at and it goes, I go, ooh, fireworks, like everybody else thinks. You know which one that is? Uh, Minnesota, Detroit. No, I I can't hear you hear you believing that's going to be the case with Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, unless you're just talking about Pittsburgh. No, I'm talking Pittsburgh, Indianapolis is what I think most people are going to be expecting to see. You got both both teams have challenged defenses, right? Yes, and they've got great quarterbacks or great fantasy quarterbacks, and uh, Scott Tolzien, great quarterback. Oh wait, oh that's right, Andrew Luck's in the concussion protocol. It's it's pretty much been diagnosed that he will not the, play. The, yeah, I, I that's I was setting that up, of course. Absolutely, he's in the in concussion protocol. There's no way he is playing this Thursday. It is just, and I think that we have to make sure that our listeners know that. Like, don't get don't fall for it. Don't set an early lineup and think that you've got Andrew Luck in there. You don't have to worry about it because it's been very quiet. I mean, you didn't hear much about it, quite honestly. So yeah, it really flew under the radar with all the other injuries we had this week. So I think if there's one bit that's like just completely vital to the people this week from our show it's probably letting them know you have to stay away from andrew luck well and on the opposite side of that if you're playing from a dfs standpoint you you may be tempted to start both ezekiel elliott and Le'Veon bell as your running backs this week because you can yeah. a short slate you can afford to pay up at one of the positions running back being the most obvious but a nice pivot play would be to go with frank gore because if the Indianapolis offense is going to move the ball, and they can move the ball against a very giveable Pittsburgh defense. They're probably not going to do it through Scott Tolzien's arm. They're going to have to do it at the feet of Gore. And Gore actually has always been a fairly good pass catching back too. So you got to figure he's probably going to be the safety valve for Tolzien, along with both those big tight ends, Jack Doyle and uh, Dwayne Allen. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not venturing on that side of the ball at all. If I'm doing anything in that game, I'm stacking, I'm stacking the quarterback, the running back, and can, can we do the receiver. Voltron stack? Can we get the quarterback, running back, tight end, and wide receiver? No, I don't trust their tight end right now. Not yet. <laughs> but it is a Thursday slate with only three games, so you might be able to talk. No, Eric Ebron, I'd play first. Um, Eric Ebron versus Minnesota, or Kyle Rudolph against Detroit. Yeah, take your pick. You know, pick your poison, but stay away from. That's that's where I am on that. So well, that's the third game on the slate, obviously, is Minnesota-Detroit. Yep. Uh, Stafford's going to have a hard time moving the ball against Minnesota's secondary, which looked really, really good last week against Carson Palmer. The pass rush started to get there. Daniel Hunter uh, was playing a lot more on the pass rush, uh, breaking Brian Robinson, who has been good, and he actually looked pretty good this week too. But uh, I think that Stafford could be under pressure, and I think they're going to have a hard time completing passes against that secondary. Uh, Sam Bradford makes a kind of sneaky... Uh, but value play on Thursday if you don't want to pay up for Ben Roethlisberger because uh, Bradford's facing a Detroit secondary that really yeah. just doesn't care. Yeah, Mr. Diggs could have a big day, that's for sure. Uh, the only concern I have there is uh, Diggs does line up a lot of his plays out of the slot, although he can make a lot of things happen. Darius Slay has been known to cover and shadow slot receivers before, so it, it's not a given that he won't be shadowed, but if Diggs proved anything this past week, even when shadowed by an incredibly talented cornerback as Patrick Peterson, arguably the best in the league, Diggs was still able to produce a reasonable fantasy line. If not a great fantasy line, but a reasonable fantasy line. And that's why I kind of like him, because I think that I think he'll have his time away from Slay, and they'll make sure that they try to find him. 
Well, and the guy I really, really like in this game at 4,000 on DraftKings, 6,200 on FanDuel is Adam Thielen, who has really developed into a solid possession receiver. Uh, someone uh, compared him this weekend, uh, I don't know if it was someone on ESPN or on CBS, compared him to uh, Cole Beasley, and not just because they're diminutive white receivers, but also because they've got hands that are very, very good. Uh, some of the catches that Thielen has made this year are incredible by Odell Beckham standards, but he goes unknown because yeah. he's this kid from Minnesota State. And he's got Sam Bradford throwing to him, so exactly, that's all part of it. All right, so you got is that enough of Turkey Day? I, I think so. I mean, so stack your Steelers, avoid Indianapolis. Uh, if you want to save money, go with some uh, offensive players on the Vikings, including guys like McKinnon and Thielen and Diggs, possibly Bradford. Uh, you've got the Washington-Dallas game. You think it's going to be low scoring. I like Washington's offense a little bit despite the, the jet lag, so to speak. So there's your plays. Uh, again, look for us on the huddle. I'll be releasing a special Thanksgiving Day uh, Daily Dominator. Uh, you'll be able to read it probably Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon. Uh, to give all the information on all the players in those games. Gracias. That's in honor of, you know, the Raiders and Texans playing in Mexico. All right. Have they built a wall for the stadium yet? I think there's a wall around the stadium. There might be. It's called, it's called a wall. Okay, uh, enough of that. Let's move into our normal daily DFS pay-ups, stay-aways, value plays. God, we still need to come up with a better catchy phrase for that, you know? Okay. Uh, I'll be working on that for next week. How about that? There you go. Maybe Santa will bring it for us for Christmas. I I think at quarterback, we're probably on the same boat here. Uh, The high-priced quarterbacks are all kind of hit and miss this week. So I'm paying up for Tom Brady. Uh, New York Jets are awful. Belichick loves to beat up on his division rivals. Uh, Brady looked dominant last week with no one healthy to throw the ball to. And the Jets allowed 300 passing yards five different times this year. Well, Revis, who, guess where he played formerly? Uh, New England. Well, I, I think a lot of people would say, based on his performance this year, he formerly played for the Jets, too. Yeah, that's true. So I just I can see Bill wanting to put, you know, just twist the knife a little bit. So I can see them attacking it. And, and that's why I like Brady. Um, I'd like him a lot more knowing that Gronk will be back. A little less if Gronk isn't back, but... Like you said, divisional matchup, hard not to like him. And at the prices for everybody, there's really nobody that's super high-priced. I, I would agree with that. Uh, one guy who's a little bit higher-priced, at least on FanDuel, is at 8000 I'm avoiding Phillip Rivers. Uh, only one team has allowed fewer passing touchdowns than Houston. Uh, they did allow one here tonight. We're watching the Mexico City game. Uh, but uh, in general, they're very, very tough against opposing quarterbacks. Well, I really there's a couple guys I, I thought about saying that let's I'm going to avoid them, but I'm just going to go based on having the second highest salary on DraftKings and top five salary over at FanDuel. Even though he's played particularly well, I think game flow is going to hurt him. It's Marcus Mariota. Uh, you know, and I think everyone with Mariota, I, I kind of thought about it last week. I did still play him in a lot of D in a lot of DFS lineups just because. He's been so incredibly hot. But I think everyone's kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop. It's like, it's still Marcus Mariota. This is still his second year. Sooner or later, he's going to have a, just a dud game. And it hasn't happened. 
You're right, that dud game hasn't happened, but I see this one as where, based on price, I think it's a little risky, and I wouldn't be surprised if this wasn't a complete dud, but not live up to what you would expect paying for what you've got to pay for them. Well, you know what? Sometimes we'll discuss ahead of time who we're going to call as our value play, and I think we're probably both leaning the same way this week because there's not a lot of real values at quarterback. Carson Palmer going up against Atlanta is probably the closest thing to a value. Atlanta has allowed the most yardage and touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks, including three or more passing touchdowns in six different games. Yeah, I'm with you. When you look at it and you see Palmer and Flacco at the same price, Goff only $100 less. Jay Cutler, who might not play due to injury, only $100 less. It's tough to find much value out there. So Palmer hasn't played well, nowhere near to what he was last year. But I think that there's plenty of upside in a matchup against the Falcons. You mentioned an important point there, price point. When you're looking for a value player and there really isn't a lot of value to choose from, look at the differential in price between guys who are cheaper, per se, and guys who you would never consider starting, like a Jared Goff. Yep. When the difference between those two is that small, Carson Palmer may have value that may or may not be obvious. I mean, Cody Kessler is not playing. He's $300 cheaper. Exactly. So... All right, so let's move to running back. Who are you paying up for? Uh, I'm paying up for David Johnson. The Falcons just gave up nearly 200 yards on the ground and two touchdowns to Philadelphia's unknown running backs uh, in Week 10. Plus, going into Week 11, they had allowed the most running back receptions and running back receiving yards. David Johnson, very active in the passing game. He actually lined up at receiver on quite a few different uh, chances against the Minnesota Vikings this past week. David Johnson's going to have a huge game. Well, i got to tell you, I am with you. I like David Johnson a ton this week, and I will warn players now in redraft and dynasty leagues. I know we're on a DFS segment. But in Week 16, I will tell you right now, David Johnson is going to be the player I'm staying away from. I'm telling you four weeks in advance, he's playing the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Okay, there you go. Next. Well, you know, if you have David Johnson, you'll probably be playing in that game because that's where a lot of teams have their – league championship game so uh, i'm gonna stay away from demarco murray Uh, murray is going to chicago and on paper you might think well chicago they stink chicago's defense is actually pretty good at home and murray's price tag is really high now the one thing that chicago is very good of they've only allowed 62 running back rushing yards per game at home and on the season they've given up zero running back receiving touchdowns murray makes up a lot of his yardage uh, through the air, in addition to his yards on the ground. And uh, it's going to be hard sledding in both of those categories for him this week. And speaking of sledding, we're getting to that point in time in the year where Chicago can really be impacted by the elements, too. Not to mention, it's not the best field in the world. It's maintained by their, the, the city's Parks and Rec Department, believe it or not. You're, you're giving them far more credit than even they deserve. That field yeah. is, is absolute trash. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't mind that, but that's not who I'm staying away from this week. I am staying away from a guy that's a, he's got the fourth highest salary on DraftKings, and it looks like he's maybe fifth on FanDuel, um, and he's only got nine fingers to play with. So I'm staying away from LaShawn McCoy because he's got a dislocated, opposable left thumb that needed surgery. And granted, he'll probably carry the ball mainly in his right hand, but something like that could catch a helmet, relegate him to the bench for some, you know, a quarter or something like that. Just too much risk at that price. Well, and Shady has had a history of injuries knocking him out of games. 
And realistically, Buffalo has a very talented backup running back in Mike Gillisley that can step in and have a decent day in McCoy's stead. Yep. So I, I am right there with you with being cautious, if not flat out avoiding McCoy this week. And that's what it's all about. It's not about his price point. It's not about his matchup. It's about the risk based on his usage because of that injury. And end of story. That's what it's about. So who's okay. your value play? My value play is Carlos Hyde at Miami. Uh, Miami has allowed a running back r- rushing touchdown in three of their last four games. Uh, they just gave up a running back touchdown to Todd Gurley this past week, despite the fact that they really could have put 12 men in the box against L.A. with Goff at quarterback. Yeah. Miami's defense, they've got a good pass rush. They've got an okay secondary that's playing much better than they did earlier in the season. Their one shining weakness still remains stopping opposing running backs. I find it hard to trust in anything San Francisco right now, but I get it. I do. Um, I topped 100 yards against New England in the game that New England should have ran away with. Yeah, it's it's just it's like going to your grandma's for Thanksgiving knowing that your aunt, who's not a good cook, is going to have one of the desserts there. <laughs> and you know, I'd rather have her make the dessert than make like some green bean casserole. Yeah, or just something what like that. you know, it's like, and you kind of like know that I've got to go so I can get this that grandma made but uh, i just can't do it i'm sorry um my value play is a guy that i had high hopes for going into the season my actual goal when i drafted him was for him to get out of the gates fast and then trade him so that i could shore up my wide receiver core but it didn't work out that way but now it looks like he's going to give value back for the stretch run and that's rashad jennings you know everyone was high on Rashad Jennings this year coming off of the way he ended last season and the fact that they had gotten rid of Andre, uh, I want to say Andre Williams, but I don't think that's the name, the, the big guy they had there. Yeah, I can't remember his name now either, but Andre. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, a lot of people were high on Rashad. They thought he would have a decent season this year and they started off slow and the Giants once again kind of just ignored the running game for a while there. Now he's got to deal with Paul Perkins, a possible pass catching back option there. But last week he looked very, very good, and I think this is a good matchup for him this week as well. So I, I can definitely agree with that play. And and at sitting at what seven and three, I think they are now. Um, yes. You better believe this isn't a time for Perkins to to learn on the fly. This is where they're going to rely on the vet. Well, so. you're uh, going with the running back for New York Giants as your sleeper pick. I'm going to avoid the wide receiver for the Giants as my wide receiver avoid, and that's Odell Beckham Jr. Now, the only reason I'm doing that is his price tag is extremely high this week. I believe he's number one on at least one of the two sites. It's him or Julio Jones are one-two on every site. He is. Uh, But Joe Hayden is likely to shadow Beckham, and over the last five weeks, Hayden has played like the Hayden of 2013, not the Hayden of 2014 and 2015. So thanks for raining on my parade. Because the player that I'm paying up for at wide receiver is Odell Beckham Jr. I shouldn't be because I just traded for him in a dynasty league and I've got to replace A.J. Green with him, which means he probably goes two for 15 or something like that. Um, But yeah, Hayden or not, I think that we see Beckham have another big game. It's like he had a not-so-great game this past week. I think that they got to keep him happy. They're going to want to feed him a little bit and they'll find ways to get him open against Hayden. 
You know, uh, but my other concern with uh, Beckham this week is I think Jennings is going to have such a huge game and Perkins as well that they won't have to throw the ball. <laughs> no, but they will. They'll throw it in the first half. He'll get his in the first half. It'll be like you'll see that you got 17 to 25 points from Beckham. And then in fourth quarter, you'll be like, what the hell happened? Well, it's because they gave all the running. Well, plays the guy there. I'm paying up for, we're watching right now, hasn't done anything yet in this uh, Monday night Mexico City game, and that's Amari Cooper. Uh, Cooper's been battling some back issues, but he did uh, practice in full all of last week. He is playing tonight. He just hasn't. Uh, I don't think he's caught a caught a ball yet this week. But uh, they're facing Carolina next week, and uh, Carolina's secondary is really, really uh, horse patootie, for lack of a more dirty way to say that. Uh, Amari Cooper's actually a pretty good receiver, and they have no one that in that secondary that can physically stay with Cooper. No. That's and that's a solid play. It is. Now you already gave your stay away, so I've got to catch up and give mine. Um, quite honestly, looking at the top four players between the two sites, Odell, Julio, Cooper, and Evans, I could see punting three of the four of them. Um, I don't love Julio's matchup against Patrick Peterson. He is at home. Um, history shows that. Julio doesn't have as good of games at home normally. He's kind of overcome that the past year and a half, two years. But historically, he's had his better games on the road. Um, I could see fighting and saying, Mike Evans is the guy you want to stay away from. He's at home also, but he's playing at Seattle secondary. Um, So flip a coin. I'm not playing either of those guys. I can agree with that. Uh, Who are you going to take as your value play this week? Well, I'm not chasing points, but I'm looking at somebody that's earning their trust and it's kind of like counterproductive to say that I was passing on his quarterback and now I'm taking his wide receiver as a value play. But that's Tajay Sharp. I'm not looking for a huge game, but I think at his price point that you can get three times the value on him with a solid day. Well, the guy I'm value playing here is someone that you should be very familiar with, having just uh, lost A.J. Green for the foreseeable future, and that is Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd's price tag is 4000 on DraftKings, 5600 on FanDuel. Baltimore has allowed multiple wide receiver touchdowns five different times this year, including a pair for Des Bryant this past weekend. Now, in the game last week, once A.J. Green left the game, it was almost all Tyler Boyd. It wasn't Brandon LaFell. Uh, they, the opponent was double-teaming Tyler Eifert, basically took him out of the game after Green got hurt. But no one wanted to cover Tyler Boyd, and Boyd put up a pretty good day, especially from a PPR standpoint. So at that price tag, I I am going to be all over him this week. Well, speaking of the Bengals and Eifert being double covered, etc., I'm going to tell you that I'm paying up for Eifert this week, and I know you don't like it. Um, But I think that Andy Dalton has to learn how to live without A.J. Green. And Eifert is a guy that he probably will feel comfortable doing that and won't want to try and force it to Boyd. I'm not saying Boyd won't get some. He'll, he'll eat. But I think Eifert sees the big uptick, even though it is, as you'll point out, a tough matchup. You know, but it is a tough matchup. And realistically, Dalton hasn't learned yet to, to do anything without his big two options as receiver core. His price tag is 5600 6400 It's among the top two or three on both sites. Opposing tight ends are averaging only four catches and 34 yards against the Ravens. They've only allowed one touchdown to a tight end this year. You know what? I think that Eifert will be the game plan of Baltimore's defense. They're going to shut him down, force Cincinnati to beat them with Jeremy Hill 
and or with Tyler Boyd. It wouldn't be the first time I was wrong. That's all I'll say. Uh, the player I'm paying up for at tight end, however, is uh, going against your quarterback, I should say, and that's Delaney Walker. Walker is facing Chicago, and Chicago has allowed tight end touchdowns in two straight games. Walker also leads all tight ends in touchdowns, and he's third in receiving yards on the year right now. So, you know what? Walker's been red hot. He's getting targeted a lot, much like Sharp is. So maybe we, we need to rethink that Mariota uh, play against. But, uh, again, his Mariota's price tag is finally in that point where you can kind of avoid him because he was so cheap for so long. Yeah, that's what it was about for me, really. It was, it was more that and just I think there's a clunker coming, so just some risk. So I'm staying away from – I looked at these guys, and it's like, who the hell do you stay away from? I mean, there's nobody really priced crazily. Of course, Gronkowski, somebody I, I would normally not stay away from. Who knows what's up with his lung, but if he's active, then you can play him. I'm going to stay away from Cameron Brait. It is what it is. You know, uh, so the one value play I'm going to take this week at tight end uh, is Will Ty. Uh, he's facing Cleveland. Cleveland has allowed the tight end triple crown. The most receptions, the most yards, and the most touchdowns. Ty has been very productive the last couple weeks. He only caught a couple passes this week, but one of them was a touchdown. And in general, he's been targeted a lot lately. Again, I don't think that Beckham is going to be the guy that the Giants are going to throw the ball to. I think they're going to be handing it off to Rashad Jennings, and I think they're going to be throwing the ball short to guys like Will Ty. But you want to, you want to know what would be such a Cleveland thing to do? To take Joe Hayden and make him cover Ty because they don't want the tight end position to beat them. <laughs> just you know, I'm just saying that's you know, I'm kidding. That's never going to happen. That I'll would tell be you, so hilarious. I'll tell you who I'm, who my value play is, and he's not really exactly cheap. But then again, everybody's cheap at tight end, so it's like one of those things. Um, wherever I've got a chance, or whenever you have a chance to play, and I know that you're staying away from his quarterback, but whenever you can play Antonio Gates, I think you should do it if you're looking for upside, because I do think that the one saving grace for this offense is Rivers trying to make sure Gates gets the touchdown. Um, record for a tight end this year. And if you're going to beat uh, that defense, you're going to beat them with the tight end. So I think that's not a horrible play. Uh, Jimmy Graham also against Tampa Bay is kind of another one of those high priced guys that you, you got to assume based on the matchup is going to be very, very good. I think Greg Olson is going to be over-owned. He's facing Oakland, who have been notoriously bad in the past against tight ends. But for whatever reason, over the last couple of weeks, they've been very tough on tight ends. So I'm c- kind of staying away from that. Uh, obvious play there of Greg Olson. Okay. So that'll do it for the DFS segment, right? That's that's good, yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully people go out there, they have some fun, and they make some money. Um, the next segment, I'm going to throw you a curveball, quite honestly. it's We're probably not going to go exactly where we thought we would go with it. But in the um, thought process that it's Thanksgiving and the things that we have to give thanks for, etc., I'm going to share a little bit. You probably know what I'm going to share at this point now. Um, Today is a very trying day for me. The past week or so has been because our dog, her name is Fang. Yes, Fang, like a vampire Fang, um, hasn't been doing well. So my wife and I took her to the vet and found out that she has lymphoma. Um, She probably only has four to six weeks left. My wife doesn't know that yet, Um, probably because she doesn't want to read up and find that out. But the doctor pretty much, that's what I know. So here's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the fact that I can work in this industry that was a hobby for me, that I enjoyed playing and had fun with. And 
I don't want to forget why I got involved in it. I got, I got involved in it with friends to have fun, to smack talk. You know what I mean? And I know we can get caught up in the I've got to win at all costs and what do I do? I, it's, I'm, I'm in 17 leagues, this, that, and the other. Oh, my God, LaShawn McCoy went out. I'm on tilt because he broke it. He, he dislocated his thumb and didn't go back in. Step back. Relax, as Aaron Rodgers put it. And remember why you're playing this game. And it, you might be in it because you want to make money. And if that's the case, then I can't help you. But if you're in it to have fun, reflect on that and have fun. I tell people all the time when they, they call in to the radio station with questions on who to start and it's close, my answer is, Harley, you know what it is? What does your gut tell you? No, my, my, my answer is, who would you rather root for? That's even better. Play, that's, if, if, that's, if they're that close and I truly, it doesn't matter, it's a coin flip, who do, who do you want to root for? You know, or who do you want to root against? And then don't play that person so you can root against them. Um, but that's my little rant. And, and I know that you shared a story with me, too. It's up to you if you want to share that. But um, I guess I just hope that people are able to step back, put things in perspective and just realize what's really important in your life. And that more than likely, 99.9 percent of you are playing this game for fun and don't lose sight of that. Well, it, it's interesting that, that when I found out about uh, you uh, today having to deal with uh, your uh, your dog, is that l- listeners uh, aren't aware of my family, we have two cats, and one of our cats has been also dealing with some issues. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've had to take him into the doctor two different times for a urinary blockage. Now, he's very old, so he's, uh, he's far along in, in the process of life. He's been with me for nearly 15 years. And, uh, so we were always concerned that, well, what if he doesn't make it through this? Fortunately, uh, he was fortunate that we were able to bring him into a emergency surgeon this past week and they performed a surgery on his bladder to remove quite a bit of stone material. And right now he's uh, recovering, uh, here at home. And, uh, Hopefully, uh, we get to spend uh, a lengthy amount of time with him before uh, the time comes for him to move on. So I, I do feel your pain there with the potential of losing your dog here in the near future. Uh, and for those people out there, it's like, remember, you, you may not have everything in common with your family when you're spending time with them on Thursday having dinner. Uh, you may have political differences. Uh, you may even like have sports differences, like maybe you're your Vikings fans, your family are Packer fans. But remember, in the end, it's all about spending time with your family and enjoying that time because that's the most important thing to be thankful for. Well, that and the fact that I own Ezekiel Elliott in pretty much every one of my leagues. <laughs> you had to go there. Yeah, and I was going to say I'm thankful for our extended family, those that listen to the show, those that follow us on Twitter and all that, you know, and all my extended huddle family and stuff like that. Um, but that's all. Just put it in perspective a little bit. Have a good time. Enjoy the holiday. Be safe, um, most of all. And you know what? As always, make sure that you're following Harley on Twitter, at Nuclear Harley. You can follow me, at Steve Gallo NFL. And, of course, if you could do us a solid, go over to iTunes, rate us, and review us there. And as always, get Blitz responsibly. Cheers. Cheers.